This is 15 Minutes to Freedom. I'm your host, Elite Life Optimization Coach Ryan Nidell, and today is day number five of the foundational family quadrant. This week we've covered notes of appreciation, we've covered connection, we've covered all types of different things. And today we're going to continue down that path, but in the vein of forgiveness. Yes, see, I know without a shadow of a doubt, you, my friend, have someone in your life that you hold a grudge against. How do I know this? Well, because we all do, of course. We all have somebody in our lives that we feel like has done us wrong. Typically, at one point, it was someone very close to you. That's how this works. Friends become enemies. Family seems to turn their back on us when we have either a tough time or a a new vision or a new goal. I mean, just think right now, the people that have come in and out of your life in just the past five years, the people that you swore were going to be in your life forever, and they're just not. And once you have that image in your mind of who these people are, pivot and get real with yourself about why they're gone. Now, the first thing you're going to say, of course, is, Well, because they did something. They did something to me. They stole from me. They lied to me. They hurt me. They deceived me. And all these versions of truth are just that. They are true. I don't believe anything that you just went through in your mind is a fallacy. I believe them all to be spot on. But I'd like to encourage you to take a step back from the orchestrator of your life and an orchestrator of just that moment and turn into the observer. And what I mean by that is in any situation, any conversation, there are actually four different people involved. Now, Bear with me for a moment. This might get a little dicey. This might be the first time you've ever heard of something like this, but nonetheless, it is true. You see, if you and I are having a conversation one-on-one, there is my I, right? There is my perspective of what is going on in this conversation. And it's mine. It's a combination of my past events in life, my belief systems, what I want the desired outcome to be. Those are all I-related thoughts. But no Sooner do I have my own thoughts than, of course, you would have your own. So you also have your own I. Right? We're having a conversation back and forth, and we'd be talking about anything from the weather to politics, and both of us have our own I perspective. So there, of course, is two participants in the conversation. But now we take a step back, and the next level of observation is actually the two we's that are involved. Because I have my perspective and you have your perspective. And then I have my view of how we are communicating. What we are saying to one another. What our goal is for things together. And of course, as I have my own, so do you. You have your own we. And the ultimate truth is that all of our I's and we's are correct to us. I know a lot of, a lot of I's, we's and us's that are involved in today's conversation, but it doesn't change the fact that we lose perspective and we lose sight of this quite often, especially 
as those people are closest to us, that are closest to us, do something that triggers an emotional response. All of a sudden, we feel attacked. We feel as though it's them versus us. And the large internal eye and the small internal eye, now these are not eyes you see with, this is the letter I, the large being the way that I feel and the smaller I being the ego, it gets hurt because we get confused. We get confused about how those closest to us could possibly hurt us and not see life from our lens. And this causes a chain reaction all throughout the way that we view these people. And of course, as that happens, we do something to eliminate that pain. And whether the elimination of the pain comes down to stepping back from the relationship, whether it comes down to lashing out at the person in front of us, whether it comes down to talking poorly about that person to someone else, we try to do something to alleviate the way that we feel. And I say try because ultimately it doesn't ever work. Right? There's just internal unrest. We haven't actually achieved anything, more so just escapism. We walked away from those things that ultimately we will need to conquer in order to truly progress forward. Now, from this heightened sense of awareness that hopefully you're slowly developing through your and I's conversation right now, maybe you can see where this is going. You see, it, it takes some time to get woken up to what could be. Right? I certainly have had plenty of people that have hurt me in my life, just as I'm sure you've had people that have hurt you. And I, too, don't believe in making time or space for people that are not in alignment for who I am and where I'm going. And quite often, as I grow and morph and mature in my thought processes, the people that were with me yesterday can't be with me tomorrow because the gap in between the two of us, and I'll call it our levels of ascension or a construct called all quadrants, all levels, these things, they, the gap is too big, the chasm is too large, and whether they're massively more advanced than I am or in the process of their own advancement, what happens is if these levels are more than maybe two levels apart, the conversation, the communication, the overall desired outcome always comes into a sense of misalignment. And when these things are misaligned, it becomes difficult to see the forest through the trees, as they would say. Because when you first meet someone, or the perspective of their reality that you create, we're always looking for typically the best in people. And maybe that's just me. Maybe you could be the pessimist. Maybe you, from the way that you've been hurt and the way that you've shown up in life, maybe you're always seeking out the worst in people. Either way, we all shy away from a level of neutrality to allow someone just to show up and develop as to who they are. And so what ends up happening is we have this incredible bias that exists, whether to the good or to the bad, or the serving or not serving. And there are things that we do, again, to protect ourselves. Really, I believe that to be our childlike self, which I believe in so many capacities is synonymous with our ego. 
right? These things, they, they don't fit in boxes all that well. And so the person that hurt you, the person that has taken something from you, they might not even be aware from their perspective that they have done this to you. But yet you and I operate the same. We carry around this anger, this frustration, this animosity, this pain, this sorrow. We carry around these negative emotions like it's going to change the outcome of the situation. My friend, I have news for you. The only thing that changes is your ability to show up for yourself. You're ultimately not inflicting any pain or harm on the person that sits as the assailant in your life. You simply robbing yourself of all the great that could be for you. But we all do this. So how do we begin to undo this? How do we begin to shift this? How do we begin to change this? In my opinion, it starts with forgiveness. From the standpoint of knowing that we all have our own perspective of reality, we all have our own eyes, and we all have our own we's, and the fact that we all come from different levels, right? Different levels we can call it of ascension, different understandings of the all quadrants, all levels, different, different everything. And so what happens is we don't ever truly allow ourselves to heal without an internal level of forgiveness. Now, I can take a step back for a moment and also say that typically the things that trigger us most about other people, these assailants, calling you the victim, calling them the assailant, if you are honest with yourself, which is sometimes difficult to do, I have no doubt, no question in my mind that you will be able to say at some point you have done something comparable to that in which you are frustrated about. You have said something unsavory. You have not shown up in the right version of yourself for someone else. You have not been who you could be at some point. And from this level, things get difficult. Because we end up projecting our own pain and sorrow onto a situation in which we feel like we are the victims instead of the assailants. And so the act of forgiveness is a selfish act. In my opinion, it's never for the other person. I don't care if the other person ever truly understands. To be quite honest with you, I would encourage you to never look for a response when you forgive someone. You see, the person that has hurt you inevitably has hurt you. Again, that is your I. That is your we. They are your perspectives of what has happened. But that same level of perspective also creates the pain. But the pain is something that only you realize you're holding. The other person doesn't realize it. So when you stop and you forgive the person, realizing that they are running their own pattern and system, they are living their life the way that they deem appropriate, and you forgive them at a soul's level, not looking for a response back, but looking to forgive based off of freeing up part of yourself, magic starts to happen. 
And that magic happens for a few different reasons. One, you begin to realize very quickly that you actually don't need approval from anyone else. And that the stories that we concoct in our mind are just that. They are stories that we created. And the beautiful part is, from that level of acceptance that we created the story, then couldn't you and I both recreate our own? Well, of course we could. And potentially, that forgiveness is now the next chapter in that same book. The book that you've been carrying around unfinished. The book that has the pain and the sorrow, and that's the last page that has been written And as much as you've tried to close the book and bury it and burn it and shred it and put it on the back of the bookshelf, because it's not tidied up, it doesn't go away. And when it doesn't go away, you are left with the remnants of those memories, those what-could-be's. But those what-could-be's are actually your own, yet again. You don't have to ever go back and be in an unhealthy or unsavory relationship with anyone ever. I want to make sure I'm saying that the right way. Admittedly, you don't have to do anything. But what I'd encourage you to consider is, what is it that you want for yourself? What is it that you're hoping to achieve? What is it that you're hoping to achieve by carrying around this unfinished book? How much better would it feel to have the last pages of the book Read as though you forgive the person for what they have done to you, and it ends on a high note. Because think about this for a moment. Think about the last time you've went to a movie, watched a movie on television, on Netflix, or however you consume it. Have you ever watched a movie and the ending's so obscure, so awkward, so seemingly pointless? that it left you questioning why you even watched the movie. I believe that answer for you, just as it is for me, is of course. Absolutely, I've been there before. So having been there before, we realize how much better it feels when there is a level of finality to every movie. We want the bow put on it. We want there to be resolution. We want there to be something that makes us feel good, but for some reason, you and I most of the time don't do that in our own lives. And so that, my friend, is what forgiveness to me is all about. Forgiving those that have done wrong to you, not only because you have inevitably done wrong to others, but because it allows you to finish the book and put it away. The book doesn't have to have more pages of more stories of things you've done together. It doesn't have to be that there's additional conversation. But what does have to happen is the book becomes closed and finished. And I say it has to because I can share from my own experience just how different the world feels when you forgive those people that have hurt you. You just operate with more capacity. You operate from a place of even potentially more integrity for yourself. Because that hurt version of you that is deep down in your subconscious, it's pushed way back in the corner, it's the one you hope never comes out. When you shut it down by forgiving those people that created it, 
it finally starts to go away. And when it goes away, you can simply do more. You can be more. You can show up as more. For yourself first. And through putting yourself first and showing up as a more holistic version of you, that then trickles into and carries over to ever the relationship you have. And so what I like to have clients go through, and I'm going to ask you to do the same, is you think about the place or the person or the series of people that have hurt you the most in your life. We all have the people. We all have the things. And I'm going to ask you to do this in a quiet place where there's nobody around. and You don't have to fear judgment or ridicule from others. And you close your eyes and you're going to take yourself back to the very moment in time in which that person hurt you. Maybe it's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister. Maybe it's a coworker, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You know the person. And you close your eyes And as your adult version, you transport yourself back there to what is inevitably your younger self. See, these most traumatic memories always come between 4 and 14, and it's like clockwork. There's something that happened there that has shaped your belief system. And so you transport yourself back as the adult-like version of you. And as you transport yourself back, and you literally have that remote control of your life in your hand, and just before the bad thing happens, you can press pause. And as you press pause, the adult version of you steps in between the childlike version and the one that was the assailant. And with the childlike version there, you unpause just him or her. And you bend down on their level and you hug them and you pull them close and you tell them everything is going to be okay. That what you're about to experience will shape you for the rest of your life in a way that you can't even imagine and that you might not be able to see it right now in the moment, but there is a gift that will come from this. And that childlike version, although confused, has a soul's recognition of you being one and the same. And as you're hugging your childlike version of self and you slowly step back, you press pause again to lock that childlike version in exactly where they're at. You then stand up and you face the assailant, most likely one of our parents. Now this time when you press pause, the only thing that can happen is that your parents or the assailant's eyes can move. No mouth, no body. And you say all the things as the adult-like version of you that you wish you could have said back then. The I hate you's, the you hurt me's, the vulgarities and explicitives that truly depict the way that you feel from this situation from your new current perspective. And you're bombarding the assailant with things that hurt you. You can see their eyes soften and a tear come to them. Because in that moment in time, they didn't intentionally do it to you. They weren't equipped with the same tools you now have. And so you can see the sorrow on their eyes, but yet they can't speak. And as you have left all the anger, frustration, hatred, the things that happen, if you leave it in that moment, you then yet again press pause. As you press pause this time, you now come back to your present day awareness, wherever you're doing this exercise at. 
and next to you, you have a journal. And in this journal, you're going to write that same person a thank you note. I know it sounds crazy, right? The person that you just got done screaming at, the person that caused the most pain in your life, you're going to thank. And here's why. You wouldn't be the exact version of you that you are today had that not happened. You wouldn't have had to protect yourself the same way. You wouldn't have had to think the things that you have thought. You would have simply been on a different path. And so the things that hurt us the most are typically the most formative. And so until you can accept that and forgive the person and then thank them for it, the last page in that book is never written. And the last page ends up being this thank you and forgiveness letter. Where once it is written in your journal, it's up to you what to do with it. If you want to mail it to the person or hand it to them, you are more than welcome. If you want to simply leave it there, go ahead. I tend to recommend taking it out, looking at it, and then burning it. And realizing as the ceremonious paper burns and goes up in flames, so does the negative thought and emotion you've carried around with you your entire life. And once you are able to do this from an open heart, And with a clear mind, you'll find out that every day going forward, you're able to get shit done.